Jeffrey Tubin? At least Pee Wee Herman was in an X-rated movie theater. I'm just saying. Oh, boy. O.J. Simpson <sighs> weighing in on the stupid story of the day that CNN's legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin got caught on a Zoom meeting pleasuring himself. Not only is O.J. a spree killer, but he is the world's worst at reading the room. <laughs> it's just nobody wants that, O.J. Nobody. Among his flaws, murderous rage, and uh, not good emotional intelligence. I'm just saying. Yeah. Among his talents. Right. uh, Running through defenders. Eluding tacklers. Yes. Certainly. Uh, Selling the services of rental car uh, giants. Right. Among others. Not acting. Not acting. Sea Frogman. He (sighs) he was my hero as a kid, O.J. Simpson. O.J. exhausts me. Yeah. I was a Walter Payton guy. Turns out Walter was not nearly the guy we thought he was either. But he not, didn't kill anyone. the same way. He yeah. didn't behead people, did he? No, no. I no, didn't think so. No, no. no he, he broke some fingers, though, over debts. No, I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't just say that sort of thing on the air. The man may be gone, but uh, laws, they're laws. The election is two weeks from today. Just throwing that out there. I got a debate in two days. A uh, All records have been smashed for early voting. Part of it is the COVID. Part of it is they've changed the rules to make it easier. Nobody knows the answer to this question, though, and we'll find out come election day. I think I do. <laughs> What's the question? Is this an indication of a record high turnout, way more people are going to vote, or the same number of people that usually vote just voting earlier? We don't know that. We won't know until the election gets here. I admit it. I don't know that. (laughs) A couple of stories uh, sort of kind of from the world of technology, uh, including mechanical technology. They just uh, set... Uh, a, a the land speed record for a production car. I cannot... Oh, my son will love this. I cannot exactly define for you what a production car is. It's, I think they got to make bunches of them, not make one of them. Well, right, and it, it must be street legal. Okay, street legal, and they're actually S- making it. It's for sale. In, in a place where there are not, uh, like, uh, maximum speed legality. Mass-produced, identical models available for the public. Yeah, that makes sense. This biatch ain't mass-produced, I promise you that. It is a... What is the name of this? A 1,750-horsepower SSC Tuatara. PT Cruiser. (laughs) Tuatara, designed by Jared Shelby. Uh, SSC North America boss of the legendary Shelby family. So so he's like the son or grandson of... uh... Uh, I believe v. that Shelby? is. I believe that's played correct. by Matt Damon in the movie. That may be very uh, good movie. Yeah, that is a good movie. But they uh, they tell the story of uh, a gust of wind came up and almost caused the guy to wreck. Uh, but the last time he glanced at his speedometer, he was hammering along at three hundred and ten miles per hour. Don't, don't, don't. I was thinking like low twos. Yes, Jack. But he just glanced down and saw three ten. He'd missed when he was going three thirty one point fifteen. Wow. You have to average several runs to account for breezes and or pavement, uh, blah, 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 to set the official record. His final verified average of the runs was 316.11 miles per hour. That's hauling A. Damn! Was he texting while he did it? <laughs> I certainly hope not. We, at one point... Oh, this car looks like Night Rider. We were doing commercials years ago for a, a car dealer, and... um 
they let me drive for a, a couple two three days. Uh, the super is like. 540 horsepower Cadillac, I think it was. Yeah, that's the Cadillac that they put the Corvette motor in. Right. And I drove this thing for uh, a couple of days. Like I said, I couldn't wait to give it back. <laughs> um, it was, uh, it was. I was going to kill myself in it, um, and or you know, wreck it or hurt somebody. It, and and listen, maybe a certain kind of guy can own this sort of car who's a better human being than me. But as I said at the time, it was like owning a machine gun. Why do I own this if I'm not going to shoot it? Yeah. Why do I own a rocket ship unless I'm going to floor it it's and type, get pressed back into the sea? It's a type of person, I guess, because I've never seen anybody drive a Tesla fast, and every Tesla on the road is faster than that car. I know it. Uh, and I've never zero to eighty. I've never been in a Tesla where anybody really puts their foot in it, and I've never seen anybody do it. They're the fastest car on the road, but yeah, there are cool YouTube videos of like, here's a Tesla family sedan against the uh, the Hellcat. Uh, the Dodge Hellcat, not even close. The Smokes Tesla just them. runs away from it. Please, spade that Hellcat and put it in a litter box or something. That's to do with the lack of torque and because it's electric. All yeah, the, you're yeah. at a imme- you're at immediate top maximum torque and horsepower. Yeah, you don't have to build up a certain amount of anything like you do in a combustion engine. But yeah, I'd love to drive one and really. Yeah, you got to be careful. You punch that thing, you swallow your teeth. I know it's just it's gravity. It's right out of your gums, right Damn, down your it gullet. Swallowed my teeth. I've always wanted to do one of those kind of crash courses. Is probably the wrong word, but you can go to race. You got to pull your tongue out of your windpipe. <laughs> and they kind of teach you how to drive at high speeds yeah. in a controlled environment. Yeah. I, I always thought that would be fascinating. Well, see, that's the other your thing. Your eyes end up back in your socket, and you got get them back out again. <laughs> your eyes go flat. You gotta you gotta close your mouth and push real hard. Like you're pooping to get your eyes to pop out to be around again. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other thing about this car I was driving was uh, its cornering ability was legendary. So, of course, I was pushing it to see how hot I could go into corners, which is great until you realize, oh, not that hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, one more tech story I really want to get to, uh, partly because it's uh, by the excellent Jeffrey Fowler of the Washington Post. And this headline dragged me in. How does Google's monopoly hurt you? So Google has a near monopoly on search and the advertising and all. What do I care? It doesn't affect me. If I Google Gettysburg address, there it is, four score and seven years ago. Google, how does this hurt me? His uh, his piece on how it hurts you, I found actually very interesting. Okay. And I want to share that with I you. I want in, to hear in, that. In a couple, well, that's what I'm going for. Um, so we'll, we'll hit that in a couple of minutes. Plus, we're going to talk about that. A new group of Russian hackers, government yeah. Russian hackers, has been yeah. indicted. Not fancy bear or pretty bear or, or, or cuddle bear or anything like that. It's uh, the, the, the sandworm is the name of this group. So sandworm. We'll talk about that. Yeah. I got one more election note for you Damn before Ruskies. we take a break. Never turn your back. One more election note before we take a back. Uh, take a break. Um. One of my fave pundits uh, breaking down what to look for in election night, which is two weeks from tonight. I remember four years ago thinking, you know, I'm going to wait and see what happens with like Florida and Pennsylvania, which I'll know earlier. And then I'll go to sure. bed because I assumed Hillary was going to walk away with it. Um, the three states to watch Florida, Florida, and Florida oh. um, will come in early, and they're one of the states where they're counting their ballots ahead of time. So they'll. Oh, that's helpful. So, and and you, it's almost impossible for Trump to win without Florida. 
you can put together maps, but I mean, you just you'd have to win crazy states that just, they're, they're just well, it's impossible. So, um, Florida will come in relatively early, and uh, you know, if Trump wins it, okay, it's in the game, could still happen. If he doesn't, you could pretty much go to bed. Wow, and we'll have solid news on Florida election night. I yeah. did not know that. Florida, also one of the biggest changes from 2016 is former felons can now vote. Uh, you know, there's been other addendums to that. They have to clear out their fines and stuff like that. But uh, a, a different voting block than in 2016. Yeah, you got 50 voting systems and, and then court decisions in the last couple of weeks that have changed those voting systems in the 50 states. So I've totally lost track of where I'll have oh, results. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's still court cases uh, going on every single day. There's right. one, the Pennsylvania one was ruled on yesterday. Four to four by the soups, so it goes back to the lower court ruling. Um, on uh, speaking of Florida, uh, the the latest uh, real clear average, the poll or the latest polling on Florida, the average is um, about a point and a half. The real clear politics average, and the polling shows it to be within a point, so it's it's a tie, um, Florida. So that'll be now you got my attention. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. So how Google's monopoly hurts you, among other things, coming up in moments. Yeah, just to follow up on that point, the Florida polls close two weeks from today, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock West Coast time, and they started counting the ballots last week. So, uh, could know early. you got to win Florida to become president. There you go. Interesting. You might not have to stay up late. Of course, I'm really interested in the Senate. I'll be staying up late to see if the who hangs on to the Senate. Yeah, this. Yeah, you know, the Senate looks like a giant toss-up to me, but some experts who I think are pretty smart are saying the Republicans are doomed. Yeah, unless I hope the polls wrong. change, I hope they're wrong. You know, if Trump loses, or we know he's going to lose, the media will now focus on: okay, can we get him out? Will no, he please, leave office? If that, that's the oh, dumbest for story. The love of George Washington. You don't leave office; the office leaves you. At noon on January January twentieth, you're no longer president. Whether right. you like it or not, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you're not the president anymore. I have the same claim to the Oval Office as Donald J. Trump, for instance. As of noon. And I would get the same yeah. reaction from the White House, <laughs> Secret Service, the rest of it, if I demanded to sit at the Resolute desk. What are you doing here? Yeah, but yeah. he's got the key card. He can still get into the places. Yeah, they got a computer. They I, can turn it yeah, off. I think they turn off your key fob. Yeah. You lose your parking space. Frog march you to the parking lot <laughs> with a cardboard box in your hand. Have to be one of those pods things in our case. It would be funny to be the first person to leave where you're like like a little kid hanging onto the doorway as they're trying to pull you out. <laughs> no! They're peeling one finger at a time off I'm not the doorknob. <laughs> this Where's is Hunter. This is my job. <laughs> Where's Hunter? <laughs> so Jeff Fowler has a piece in the Washington Post that's definitely worth a read as it's rather lengthy, but I'll hit you with a couple of highlights. We'll post it the link at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, Hanson, it's how Google's uh, how does Google's monopoly hurt you? Uh, it's excellent, but um, he mentions that Google is obviously a very capable search engine in a lot of ways. Uh, but he says, without us even realizing it, the internet's most used website has been getting worse. On too many queries, Google is more interested in making search lucrative than a better product for us. Interesting. Kind of like what would happen with Amazon. I used to be able to search for a product, and now they give me ten things they want me to buy. 
ahead of what I specifically am trying to find. And or you have to go pages deep to find the good deal. They're going to promote the deal that paid them to promote it. Uh, there's one reason it gets away with this, according to recent congressional investigation. Google is so darn big. But how does Google's alleged monopoly hurt you? Today, 88% of all searches happen on Google. Wow, that's something. Nine out of ten. In part because contracts make it the default on computers and phones, and a lot of people don't go into their settings and change sure. their default. Uh, but whether Google is actually fetching you good information can be hard to see. Um uh, Google is easy and free, and we don't have a great alternative. And he mentions that Microsoft's rival Bing doesn't have enough data to compete well. I've tried a couple of the Alterna websites, and I've gone back to Google. I have, too. Because Each their time. news function is better, and that's what I'm generally searching on. I guess you couldn't find the New York Post Hunter Biden story very easily on Google if you search Interesting. for it. Interesting. What's in my search engine right now? I think it's Google. and I Well, anyway. Uh, and, and he mentions that over the last two decades, Google has made the uh, changes in drips rather than big makeovers, and it's done it very quietly. To see how search results have changed, you'd, what you'd need is a time machine. Good news, we have one. The Internet Archive's Wayback Machine stored some Google search results over the years. When we look back, a picture emerges of how Google increasingly fails us. Uh, that's an editorial comment. I would agree, but... There's more space dedicated to ads that look just like search results. Mm. More results start with answer snippets. If you're like asking a question, sometimes incorrect, ripped from other sites, and increasingly, results point you back to Google's own properties, such as Maps, YouTube, etc., where they can show you more ads and gather more of your data. Wow. Of course, uh, email, I'm sorry, Google's spokeshole, uh, Lara Levin, Says that's incorrect, uh, but changes is how we organize the information in a way that's more modern. And hundreds of thousands of tests each year tell us that people find useful. That's right. <laughs> Everybody loves Google. That when I search for something, the first four things that show up are all ads? <laughs> yeah. So uh, he gives a bunch of examples of varied things. And I'm just going to hit you with two, um, and you, you go read it yourself. But number one, just Googling T-shirts. You have to now scroll down six times as far to get to real unpaid links to outside websites. Now, it's not like I got severe carpal tunnel in my left index finger. I am left-handed. Uh, from scrolling down to get to the real no. T-shirts. I have noticed, though, that I have to scroll farther. Right. And and they do get my attention sometimes with that first three quarters of a page. Um. And so, anyway, but it's they are they are absolutely trying to manipulate you as opposed to giving you information that you asked for. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like asking some hustler in 1970s Times Square, you know, hey, do you know where I can find a good time? He's not primarily interested in your good time. Well, there's the Broadway. <laughs> uh, do you like the theater? Have you have you ever been to the top of the Empire State Building? <laughs> First of all, there's the love of your family. Right, right. That's the best time. Enjoy New York. No, 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 no. Your interests are not their interests. But uh, the one thing I wanted to feature is some um, is is Jeff, and I love Jeff. He's really a good journalist and a nice guy. But he says, um, uh, da, 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 da. question one, Nevada. Google that. It's a a ballot initiative that would change how Nevada manages higher education. Um, this search result you actually won't find now because it was so egregious. Google fixed it last month. 
Question one is an initiative in November ballot change how Nevada manages higher education. A few weeks ago, Elliot Anderson, a former state lawmaker who helped get question one on the ballot, noticed that Googling question one Nevada generated a box at the top of the results that began vote no on question one. Wow. How on earth did Google results end up telling people how to vote? Well, and how much work is that for Google to go through the gazillion of things that are out there and figure out what their position is on it and then rig the computer to do that? I mean, how do they get that to automatically happen? You know, uh, A, it would take a while to answer that question. and B, my answer would probably be bad because I have a child's understanding of it. Um, but it's that the algorithm? algorithms, Jack. I, I would say not as many man hours as you think. Yeah, you think a computer a of, figures that out? They figure out the political position we want? And almost assuredly, yeah. Wow, that's something. And it's not hard to find other examples where Google snips strangely or borrows from not-so-authoritative sources. Search for, how do I check my Krispy Kreme gift card balance? Number one, if you have a Krispy Kreme <laughs> gift card, give it to somebody else. <laughs> You're an adult. Uh you get information from sites selling gift cards rather than from Krispy Kreme's own site, which has the real answer and a yeah. useful link. There are all sorts of examples of this. It's terrific journalism, and it's at armstrongandgetty.com, or will be within a few minutes. And the way the free market works, if it gets annoying enough, more of us will go to alternate Ulta sites, Alterna sites. Duck, duck, go. Although, or startpage.com. They need to get better, though. Yeah, they, they do need, need to get yeah, better. Yeah, they've got, there needs to be a, a close to as good alternative. Google it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Also, I didn't think I could be any more motivated to vote against Trump until I heard him say if he loses, he'll never speak to us again. I would give anything to not hear Trump's voice anymore. He's everywhere. Our phones, our TVs. He's even my GPS voice now. We love to head northeast on Main Street and then turn left in 1,000 feet. Don't we, folks? (laughs) Um, I I did actually think yesterday, if Trump loses, at what point in my life will be the first day in five years, maybe? that I haven't said the word Trump out of my own mouth. <laughs> I I don't even dare to dream. <clears throat> That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, played that joke, by the way, to make this point. They did a study of the late night shows. Jokes about the 2020 race are one-sided. Of 469 late night jokes, 455 were about Trump at Trump's expense. 455 out of 469. That sounds about right. That's a little more than half. It's funny. If you grow up leaning to the right, you just get used to the fact that every single TV show, every joke, every award show, every famous person is going to make fun of your side. It's just you just get used to it. Right. Um, Interesting uh, op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Oh, by the way, we're talking. Who are we talking to? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Kevin Faulkner, the uh, mayor, the mayor of. The Republican mayor of the largest city in America with a Republican mayor. That would be San Diego, California. There you go. He's uh, talking about bums and junkies and uh, and homeless folks and also... Getting uh, the GD schools going. Yeah, and the schools eliminating grades. We have all sorts. We're going to ask him the hard questions. Did you see that up on the TV screen? 2,000-year-old oh. cat etching found in Peru. One of those Somebody things... Somebody was etching on a cat? One of those things That's where they, cruel. One of those things where they carve something into a mountain. Yeah. But it's a cat. It looks to be enormous. And did well, they... Yeah, how so. did they just discover it? 
Was it under trees or just uh, out in the middle of nowhere? I can't imagine. My, Two thousand year old. I wonder if a cat was their god back then. Maybe they just had a cat they really liked. Could be. Just Named a, it Whiskers. Could just be a, like <laughs> some sort of emperor or king or something like that that really liked cats, or his wife really liked cats. So he More liked, likely. So he went along with it. Maybe named it Mittens. That's another good name for cats. <laughs> or maybe their queen was... <laughs> Maybe their queen was a crazy cat lady. It could be. We don't know. Um, Have the Bidens denied the story yet? From James Freeman in the Wall Street Journal. After celebrated New York Times and Washington Post articles about Donald Trump and Russia turned out to be wrong, will maligned New York Post articles about Joe Biden and Ukraine turn out to be right? This fascinating media era could force a redefinition of terms like mainstream and tabloid. Five days after the New York Post started publishing alleged emails detailing the Biden family corruption, the Bidens still haven't claimed their counterfeit. Well, they're not going to claim their counterfeit because they aren't. They're not. Clearly. The one thing I want to know, Joe, Mr. Vice President, did you ever take a percentage of your children's and relatives' uh, income? Did you have a deal that you were entitled to a percentage of their income? Rather than investigate what Joe was just talking about, the level of involvement, the leading candidate for president and his family's influence peddling business, rather than investigate that, media outlets have chosen instead to focus the reporting on whether some journalists were afraid to touch the Biden email story before the Post published it. So it's been all about, because the story was shopped to a whole bunch of different people that didn't go with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Post did, even though it wasn't obtained illegally, and it, it, it certainly appears to be true. I mean, all the emails are true. The interpretation of them is still out there for you to decide. Mm-hmm. But the New York Post didn't even claim anything on that. Right. They weren't making claims. They just printed the damn stuff. It's a completely 100% legit story. If Eric Trump was offered millions of dollars by a Chinese conglomerate, that wouldn't make the Washington Post? Please. And Trump's illegally gotten tax returns, which he didn't do anything illegal was the big front-page New York Times story and the first question in the first presidential debate. Unreal. Everybody's talking about it. It's the big story in the country right now. Okay. As opposed to this, which is... Well, I've already said that. I won't say it again. Um, but uh, the, the overall point of this Wall Street Journal piece is, is the media going to make them answer any questions? Even, even, if they, even if all their answers are, those aren't real, or this is... The pop is referring to... I mean, do you have that in front of you? The one where where um, Hunter Biden talks about maybe, uh, hopefully, you won't have to uh, give over half of your money to your dad the way I did is basically what he says. Yeah, right, right. And, and like just, uh, you won't have to give fifty percent of your income uh, to pop like me. Okay, uh, just um, th- that's not out of bounds. First of all, is that a real email? Is that legit? Um, ask Hunter or or Joe Biden. According to one of the people on the email chain, it is legit. Yeah, well, they are legit. I don't have any yeah. doubt of that. But mm-hmm. so you, you ask him that first. That's the fair thing to ask. Is that you know real email? Because if they want to try to claim they're not, well, okay, go down that road. But if they are legit, okay, then who's pop? That's not an out of bounds question at all. In when fact, the income is being derived from foreign governments that are included in your father's portfolio as vice president, just to finish the the chain of uh, you know. Intrigue here. That's not at all an out of bounds question. If you've got a perfectly reasonable answer, oh, that's that's what they called the guy in Ukraine. He was the blah blah blah. Okay, fine, sure. And then journalists will try to nail that down. Could it be corn pop? 
It, I'll bet that's it. That's I'll bet it. Corn Pop got 10% he's of still, everything. Yeah, Joe Biden <laughs> didn't make him to back down. He's just telling that story to save face. Corn Pop still bullying the Biden family. No, he's got an extortion Corn Pop was on. a bad dude. That's right. how he got him to back down, not with his a chain. He said, I'll cut you in on 10% of my son's dealings. I'll, I'll buy him off. <laughs> Exactly. I'm glad we figured this out. Yes, we have nailed it down. But that's fine. If it's if it's not true, the Bidens have nothing to be afraid of. I just think they can ignore it. Well, of they course the they com- can. The, the, right. the, the blame is on the media. Yes. I wouldn't voluntarily go out there and explain it myself. And the, the media no. was hounding me on it. And they're not. No. And the uh, Democratic activist who is emceeing the debate, moderating it, but she's not a moderate. Uh, she will not bring it up. Biden's been asked about it once. Uh, By a CBS guy. We haven't played that audio yet, but he was asked about it, and he basically said, I should expect that kind of question out of you. It's a smear. He didn't answer it. Yeah. Yeah. I did not have sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I mean, politicians deny these things all the time. Sometimes when they're true, they uh, they still deny them. Well, there are a few sane politicians uh, left in America, and San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner is one of them. It's always a pleasure to talk to Kevin. We're going to do that in just a couple minutes. Open the schools! Don't, Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty Show. Open the dang schools, we implore everyone we can uh, get our hands on. Open the dang schools! Well, to discuss that and more, please welcome to the show San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner. San Diego, the largest city in the U.S. with a Republican mayor. It is a fabulous city in which to live, work, and vacation. But like any other city, it has some pretty serious challenges. Uh, Mr. Mayor, how are you, sir? Gentlemen, good morning. Thanks for thanks for having me back. Oh, it's always a pleasure. So uh, you're termed out, I know. How, how much longer do you stay in office? Well, I have uh, two more months. Wow. And then <laughs> not, the, not, not that anybody's counting. Do you have your cardboard box ready for when they march you out with your personal effects? Yeah, we'll start, uh, we'll start getting ready soon. But Take a lot of toner from the copier. That's what I would do. <laughs> so different places all around the country have different school situations. Some places are open, yeah. some places are closed. What's the situation in the San Diego area currently? Yeah, we're trying to bring back some of the folks uh, at this point, uh, but I've been pushing uh, real hard. Look, we need our schools open. Uh, we, need, we need them open for, for all the kids. And, you know, we want a safe environment for obviously for teachers, for parents, uh, for the kids. But, but the reality is, you know, distance learning is not the same as in-person learning. Oh, it's in a disaster. The with a teacher. It doesn't work um, hardly at all. It's a disaster. No, it, it is. It's not working. And I think you've seen that across the board. And so one of the things that I've been pushing on very strongly here in San Diego is, is to you know, try to get everybody around the table, whether it's you know the teachers, uh, whether it's folks from the district, working with people from the state, you know, pushing very hard to getting us locations, to getting us the testing. I want to take everything, you know, any possible barrier off the table because I want kids in the classroom now. I want the teachers to be able to provide the in-classroom instruction because as each month that we go by, 
I think the reality is our kids are going to fall further and further behind in, in California, certainly, and that's not something anybody wants to see. Well, and the data is so solid at this point that schools, particularly elementary, elementary schools, have not become super spreaders. They're just not. So what's the argument for keeping the schools closed? What, what's, what are you up against? Well, look, I, I think it's, it's just exactly that. You're looking at other schools that have started to safely reopen. I think that's incredibly important because then you have some real-world uh, experience. And so from my standpoint, it's about let's, let's make sure that we're, we're taking the, you know, the, the, the hyperbole off the table. Let's have communication. Let's get everybody around the table. Let's have trust. But let's agree, all of us, that the best thing for kids is to get them back in the classroom. And, and you know what, guys, I'll tell you, I, t- I talk to a lot of teachers out there. They're ready to go back, and, I, and they want to be back in the classroom, and, I, and I, I get that. And so I think we need to, we need to keep pushing. Uh, look, not, not only am I a mayor, I'm, I'm a parent. And, and so we, we, need to, we need to do a lot different than we are with one goal. How do we get our, how do we get our kids back in the classroom and, you know, I, and we talk a lot about, obviously, economic development, reopening our economy, doing it safely. That's absolutely dependent upon kids being back in school with all of the challenges that our parents are facing day in and day out about child care and other things. So yeah, to a this, large to extent. me, is one of the biggest issues that we have to hit head on with a sense of urgency, <laughs> a sense of urgency that says it's been too long. Let's get our kids back and let's get our schools open. Right. For the listeners who may not know uh, the Mayor's Act, he is a he is a reasonable man. He is a deal maker. He's a non bomb chucker. That's why he's not kicking the teachers unions right now. But uh, we'll we'll do that after he gets off the air. Um, so yeah, we all agree that we need to get the economy up and running, and, and a total shutdown is just not uh, doable. Do you have any uh, any thoughts on the San Diego Unified School District's new plan to essentially eliminate grades and behavior uh, standards of behavior? Yeah, and- I, I, I think that makes no sense. I think what, as we've been talking about, let's not talk about stuff like that. Let's talk about getting our schools open. And so when we're distracting at uh, doing, you know, a lot of stuff like that, it takes our focus off the ball. Right. Uh, and, and, and our focus should be getting kids back in the classroom, not changing the grading standards. And you do agree that that sort of thing is incredibly demeaning toward minority children, essentially telling them you can't possibly achieve academically. So we're not even going to grade you. Look, we've we got to make sure that we're treating everybody equal. I mean, I think that's, that's the point. Uh, and a place where that schools, you know, no place other than schools where everybody understands that they should and will be treated equally and that children understand the importance of hard work. Children understand the importance of hitting a deadline. Children understand the importance of interacting, you know, the right way with other, other kids and their, and their teachers. And so, look, I, and you don't learn those lessons if you're not back in school. Right. <laughs> so that's yeah, here, here. I'm just we've got to get them back in and get our get our teachers back and and get everybody learning. I'm so confused by this controversy at this point. I understand when it was all theoretical on both sides. Schools should be open. Schools should be closed. But now all the data is on the side of them being open. I'm looking up at Good Morning America with yet another story. Report finds little evidence that schools are main drivers of transmission. That's Good Morning America, for goodness sake. All the science is on your side, our side. I don't even understand what the other side of the argument is now. San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner is on the line right now. Kevin, I'm sorry to cut you off. We just have limited 
time, and I wanted to touch yeah, on a no couple, bad, a couple yeah. other things, including <clears throat> San Diego doing a pretty good job with an enormous uh, homeless challenge. Um, both the righteously unfortunate mentally ill, also a lot, hell of yeah. a lot of junkies and bums who just can't get their lives together. Uh, what's the current plan? Well, we've been uh, we've been pretty a pretty aggressive stance on on really helping people and making sure folks are are not on the sidewalks and on the streets. San Diego County, only major urban county in California where homelessness has gone down the last two years in a row. Uh, and I've made it a real effort. I do not allow tent encampments on our sidewalks in San Diego or in our canyons. That is not compassionate. That does not help people. And so the work that we've done to you know transition folks out to get them in the shelter, and to your point, Look, we're seeing a lot of folks that, that have mental health and substance abuse issues. But saying to somebody you can you know, stay in, in a tent in front of somebody's house or place of business is not who we are as Californians. That's certainly not who we are as San Diegans. And so we've been taking some pretty aggressive action. We've placed, since the pandemic, over 700 folks in permanent housing. This has been a real focus of mine. And, again, it's about helping people, helping people for good, but not allowing the type of you know, tent cities and encampments that you see, unfortunately, in too many places in California and the West. Uh, we've taken a different approach in San Diego, uh, and it's paying dividends. I'm looking at this uh, potential plan to buy a couple of hotels using state, federal, and local money, but uh, the University of San Diego professor Norm Miller said it works out to just under 360 grand per room. That sounds insane. Yeah, it was a lot less than that. I'm, I'm not sure where that person got their, okay. <laughs> some of their info. Are you saying but there might be a, a professor who doesn't know what he's talking about at a university? <laughs> I'm shocked. Well, you know, our ability, I will tell you, again, back to fast action, it takes too long to build anything in California, gentlemen, um, with yeah. one and, and the cost of all of that. And so I've really, we've really tried to get creative in San Diego. Hey, are there some motels that you can convert that have kitchens? Again, get people off the street for good. Uh and to make sure that that is when, when folks understand how we're doing this and the fact that people are staying off the street, you know, nobody's come back to me and said, Mr. Mayor, I wish that tent was back out in front of my house or in front of my business. We're, you know, we've taken a dramatically different approach in San Diego, and it's one that I happen to believe is compassionate because letting people sleep in tents on your sidewalk is tantamount to letting them die on your sidewalks, and that's not what I'm going to do in San Diego. San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to part a company with you with three words. <coughs> Run for governor. <laughs> well, thank you. I will uh, finish strong in a couple months here, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right, very good. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, thank you, guys. I good, appreciate it. Good to talk. Uh, you got it. Yeah. If I, was I tell you what, oh, I just sometimes I talk to a guy like that who's in a high office, and I think, oh, there is sanity. I'll be damned. If I was in any negotiation, though, on this whole school thing, at this point, I would put it all on the other side. Make your argument for the school being closed. I don't need to make an argument for the schools being open. The school's normal state is to be open. Right. We educate children. That's what we do. We've always done it. Make your argument for why they should be closed. What is it? There isn't one. Somehow it's gotten That's all switched. to protect the teachers. The teachers could get sick. Somehow it's gotten all switched around where you have to make the argument for opening and like the default setting is closed. That's gone. Yeah. All the studies are out there. What is your argument for the schools being closed at this point? And I, I don't understand why we're letting them get away with it. Idaho had a, had a, uh, a sick in yesterday and they're doing it again today where uh, the schools are closed. And uh, there are calls for firing all these people. Freaking go to work. 
It's an essential job. You don't want to do it? Fine, we'll get somebody else to do it. Here, it's here. your job. person at the grocery store has to go in. They're making them go in. Guy making the pizzas has got to go in. Go in and freaking teach the kids. But they all called in sick yesterday. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, interestingly enough, the whole now we have to make the case for why the school should be open and how bass backwards that is. That's the theme of one of Tim Sandifer's great books, The Permission Society, which was inspired by conversations on this show, oddly enough, in which the government has confiscated our rights and is selling them back to us. You have to pay a permit to do something on your own property. What the hell is that? But we've become accustomed enough to it. That we have to beg. We have to beg for the very schools we pay for to be open. Man, when Good Morning America is running a story on how the report finds there's no evidence that schools are spreading COVID, it's over. Yeah. Open the dang school. Yeah. You know, it, it happens to bureaucracies and structures in civilizations that they become more and more corrupt and less and less uh, dedicated to accomplishing their purpose. Public education in huge swaths of the United States is now too diseased to save. It is the dog that must be put down. There are tears to be shed, no doubt, because public education in the U.S. for a long time was a pretty damn good thing. But in some places, some states in particular, it cannot be saved. There's too much cancer. You know what keeps keeps popping into my head the last couple of days? I wish I could debate Joe Biden. Or at least I could, like, whisper in Trump's ear. I think that all the time. I think that all day long. Have this data on the the studies of the schools across 47 different states and how it's not spreader and really hammer Biden for being for keeping stuff closed. Right. Right. I wish he would. Yep. And like the cop unions to a large extent and and firefighters unions, a lot of teachers, they like what the union gets them, but boy, they hold their nose. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> 